So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Super excited that this week I'm sharing with you a little behind the scenes access to our pivot training, specifically a session I did two months ago with the Dr. Daniel Amen. So if you're a fan of my podcast, you've probably seen him on there or listened to him twice. This message in particular was recorded basically in April and I asked him to share what are the very best strategies to stay sane during the pandemic. You're gonna get a lot of value out of this. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome. It's April 10th, 2020. It's Friday and man, you guys are jumping on early and fast. So for all my friends that are jumping on, today is gonna to be an extraordinary show. And as always, I wanna start with what are your wins? So uh, hit the chat and tell us how you're doing. Tell us what's working. Tell us what you're excited about. What's, what is the win of the last 24 to 48 hours? Go ahead and put that in the chat as soon as you hear this. Fire away. We'll be starting in T minus two minutes. All right, 300 of you are already there. I love it. Kelsey, I feel like I'm missing something over here on my chat. I see my Q&A lighting up. So don't go into the Q&A and say hello. Don't go in. It says chat is disabled. I wondered what was going on. So we're going to get that fixed, everybody. Thank you for sending me that. Good. All right. 360 people and climbing. There we go. Now the chat's going. Okay. So there it is. I see it. So Fred Delgado, three new contracts. Uh, Andrea down the street. Love it. One new listing. Uh, Paul, buyer sale, four homes sold yesterday, got two showings, virtual buyer appointment set for tomorrow. Daniel, I don't know if you could see this, but we start every day with, you know, what's the win of the last 24 hours? And, you know, there's just this conversation, you know, around the world in the real estate space that, you know, because of COVID-19, we can't sell houses. Even though the industry was made an essential service, the way we have to do it today is so different from how we would traditionally do it, you know, three and a half weeks ago. And what's so amazing about this community is they understand it is all about adapting, right? So they're doing virtual appointments, virtual showings, safety first, always taking care of their clients and navigating transactions every day. So keep it up, everybody. Let's hear it. I want to see a little more coaching clients. Love it. Coach Doug, uh, able to revive one of my old listings due to the lack of inventory. Congratulations. Uh, hey, Chris from Malta. Malta, good to see you, buddy. One listing and 20 new leads generated and closing on another deal on the island of Malta, my friends. Chris is a rock star, a true, a true rock star who understands being resourceful and never blaming resources. So, all right. So, looking to see real fast here. Good morning, Jill from Houston. All right. So, it is nine o'clock here in the West. We're going to get started in just one minute, um, but I want to start by just sharing a couple of thoughts before I introduce you to Daniel Amen, who is uh, just what a blessing that he is with us today. Um, if, you, if you're watching some of the things that I'm posting on Instagram, I had this conversation and it, it kind of went like this, that now more than ever, what we need from all of us in the entire industry is leadership. And, and 
what I'm stressing to, to you, my friends here, and to all my individual clients and all these you know, uh, enterprise clients and relationships that I have with other CEOs and their organizations is leaders under a crisis basically do three things really well. And those three things are number one, they see things as they are, right? They, they look at the data and the facts, meaning specifically, they don't spin things and make them better and they don't make them worse than they are. And, and one of the things, not our community, but as I'm talking to all these different groups, and I think I've just on Facebook with Steve Harney, we've, we've touched 444,000 people just in the last three weeks. And I've talked to about 80,000 people in that same time period. I ask people like, how are you doing mentally? What's going on? And I'll, I'll do this. Like, you know, give me a thumbs up if you're doing great. Give me a thumbs down if you're doing great, but some days are, you know, hard for you or a thumb down like this if you're really in trouble mentally. And I'll see, you know, some of this. And what that tells me is they're not following that first rule of leadership, which see it as it is. They're making it worse than it is. They're making it worse than it is. And we know the impact of that. But the second rule on leadership, and we're going to get into all this mental stuff today. The second rule on leadership is now more than ever, my friends, consistency and routines are everything. The biggest challenge I've got now is I have no time. I'm scheduled from the beginning of the day all the way through the end, Peloton bike this morning, all the way through tonight, dinner with my family. And, and the reality is great leaders today, like you and I, we're following our schedule, we're following our routines, and we're consistent with our meds. Daniel, we talk about meds, meditate, exercise, diet, sleep, right? Meditate, exercise, diet, sleep. So by the way, show Daniel, before we get started here, how many of you just in the chat, show us are you meditating or pray, right? Meds or peds, meditate, exercise, diet, sleep. Let's see some yeses for the people out there that are doing their meds. I just want to see it in the chatter, right? Love it. Love it. And even better, right, Dan, you can see all this. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary how this community has stepped into their greatness. And there was people that never meditated before that are now meditating. There's people that would literally say to me, and you know who you are out there, Tom, I was never an exerciser. And now all of a sudden they're doing planks, they're doing push-ups right? They're walking more. They're getting their steps in. They're doing what it takes to keep their energy right in this environment. That's what leaders do. They're consistent. They follow a routine. They follow a schedule. But the third one is, and this is common sense for all of us, great leaders in a crisis, great leaders always over-communicate. We've talked about this nonstop with Jason Pantana and myself. We stay in our lane. We're not experts of pandemics. That's why I brought you know, Dr. Daniel Amen here today to talk to us about this. He can talk about it. He is a doctor. He is the expert. For us, we need to stay in our lane and talk about what we understand, which is housing and our communities and what's going on in our communities and the data and the facts and the science, right? The, the math of real estate, that's our expertise. So just wanted to share those three things. You probably saw it in my Instagram story yesterday. It's got a lot of good response. Um, and it's really helping a lot of the CEOs. And I mean, every one of us as CEOs to really make sure that we're doing what we need to do every day to win on a leadership level. Because now more than ever, what the world needs is leadership. It's leadership, my friends. Now, I'm going to talk a little more about this next Monday, but right now I am super pumped. Uh, I was thinking, Daniel, this morning, I think this is the, you spoke at our January Elite a few years ago in Palm Desert, and people were out of their minds. Um, we've done a couple podcasts together. We've done a, a couple Facebook Lives together, one that I remember at your office. And for context, my friends, um, I was first introduced to, uh, to Daniel Lehman by a friend of mine, Chris Duma, who is 
uh, my longtime, you know, boat partner, our wives were mommy and me groups. You know, we've been friends for 20 years. Chris is a brain surgeon. So Chris and I would meet like on a Friday afternoon or a Friday night. And I'd say, you know, hey, Chris, like, you know, how was your week? And he'd say, Ferry, you go first. And I'd say, oh, man, I had to travel to Cincinnati to do a seminar. Then I did a couple of webinars. And then I had to go to New York City. Then I went to Seattle. And then I ended up in Miami. And then I flew home. And I said, it was a long week. But man, I fought the good fight. How was your week? And he said, I did 15 brain surgeries this week. And when you think about that, right, I would usually say to him, Daniel, okay, you win, right? Like, it's, it's amazing what this guy does. Well, he invited me. I don't remember the exact time of this, Daniel. You remember it was at the Balboa Bay Club. And he said, hey, come to this charity event. He said, I'm going to have Daniel Lehman speak. He said, I'm, we're going to play some music. We're going to talk about music and the impact it has on the mind, specifically. And I think it was for people with cerebral palsy, if I remember correctly. And, and they were working on this research piece. And then they brought Daniel in as the leading authority of what it means to have or create a healthy brain. And what you probably don't know is I'm sitting in that room thinking to myself, I've had at that point, I think it was my fourth or fifth concussion from snowboarding. And I, I would be on stage and I would find myself at times, and I'd never done this in my life, where all of a sudden I'd be on stage and I'd be doing my thing and I would forget what I was talking about. And if you know me, I'm, I'm pretty quick-witted. Like I'm, I, I know my stuff and I'm, I, I love to present, I love to share, I love to be connected with people, but I was skipping a beat. And I remember walking up to Daniel, this, this book was there, and I walked up and said, hey, I you know, I know your work, I'd love to meet with you. And, and one thing led to another, we went and did a brain scan, which hopefully we'll talk about today. And what we saw was my brain was basically flat in the front and had negatively impacted, as you could probably imagine from a few concussions snowboarding. Yes, I was wearing a helmet, but still it was bad. And that what was causing that in my short-term memory was really being impacted. I got on his program, I did the work, I followed the steps. And six months later, we look at my old brain and my new brain and lo and behold, following this man's work, right? Not only, not only do I feel that my brain obviously physically was different and better, but I felt like I was like my brain was on steroids for the first time in my life. So ever since then, I've just been a giant fan and we've worked together, we've done podcasts. So I'm, I'm now going to say, because we've got a lot of us on the line, um, I'm just so excited. So first and foremost, Daniel, uh, good morning and thank you so much for being with our community today. Uh, how's the day going for you? Hi, Tom. Great to be with you. Um, the day is good. Both my parents ended up in the hospital with COVID and they're 88 and 90 and they're both home now. And I think my mom's beaten it. My dad's still working on it, but every day that I have them is a good day. I agree. And, you know, I heard that through the grapevine. So we've been sending blessings from our house over to your parents. I mean, you've, you've told me so many stories about your dad. Uh, the six-minute plank specifically always comes to mind. Um, Daniel, I, I know today we want to talk about um, really, you know, thriving in a pandemic, staying sane in a pandemic. Um, but I thought it'd be fun for, you know, maybe my friends out there watching that, that maybe haven't been exposed to your work. Um, you know, there's two books I have on my desk right now, guys. The first one is right here, right? Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. This became biblical for me. And then his new book, The End of Mental Illness, because you guys have heard me quote Daniel talking about the fact that just too many people today are suffering from mental illness. And, and it's not the ones that you're thinking about these, these tragically people that are on the streets that are potentially in a tragic situation, homeless. 
it's men and women, just like all of us, that are functioning with mental illness. So I know we want to get into some of that today, but I thought, Daniel, to start, tell them your backstory and then maybe share some of the, the sort of fundamental principles of this. And then let's talk about how do we, how do we get sane in this environment? Well, I'm so grateful, Tom, that you invited me to talk to your community. Let me get a little drink. Um, so I'm one of seven children, and uh, I'm completely not special. I'm third. I have an older brother and an older sister and four younger sisters. And so pray for me. And growing up, my dad called me a maverick, and to him, that was not a good thing. Uh, 1972, the army, uh, we were at war in Vietnam. I turned 18 and became an infantry medic where my love of medicine was born. But about a year into being a medic, I realized um, I didn't really like being shot at. It just wasn't my thing. And um, so I got myself retrained as an x-ray technician and developed a passion for medical imaging, as our professors used to say, how do you know unless you look? And then I got out, went to um, college and then medical school. And when I was a second year medical student, someone I loved tried to kill herself. And I was horrified. I'd never been exposed to suicidal behavior. And I took her to see a wonderful psychiatrist. And I came to realize if he helped her, which he did, it wouldn't just help her, that ultimately it would help her children and then even her grandchildren as they would be shaped by someone who was happier and more stable. So I fell in love with psychiatry because I realized it has the potential to change generations of people. But I fell in love with the only medical specialty that never looks at the organ it treats. And given my x-ray background, I'm like, well, why don't you look? Obviously, the brain is our organ. And so, you know, like my dad called me an agitator, I started agitating my profession. It's like, we should look. What's the matter with us? Uh, cardiologists look, orthopedic doctors look, your GI doctor looks. And they're like, no, it's just for research. And, um, you know, if you tell me no, I'm likely to find a way to do it. And so in the late 1980s, uh, I was actually trained at the Walter Reed Army Medical Center, actually at the same time Deborah Burks was there. So everybody knows Dr. Burks, uh, who's leading the uh, coronavirus task force with Dr. Fauci. Anyway, she was there at the same time I was. And military medicine is very practical medicine. It's like, so what do you do during a war? And that's when I started looking at the brain and it just changed everything I did. So we've now been looking at the brain for over 30 years. And the big lesson was you're not stuck with the brain you have, that we can make it better and I can prove it. And that what has led to now we've seen patients from 121 countries. We built the world's largest database of brain scans related to behavior, 160,000 scans on. Um, and, and I'm just, I've learned so much from the imaging, but just like you said, with the snowboarding accidents, what most people 
um, don't know is that mild traumatic brain injury is a major cause of psychiatric problems. And nobody knows about it because they go see psychologists or psychiatrists who virtually never look at the brain. And so they'll go, you're depressed or you have the beginning of Alzheimer's disease or you're anxious or whatever, when really you have brain trauma that can be rehabilitated. Just like you talked about, you know, we have your scan six months apart, it wasn't good and then it's better. And with a better brain, always comes a better life. Yes, yes. And I and thank you for sharing that, you know, the sort of origin story of this so people understand, you know, why you are who you are, not just for myself and my community, and you, but for the world with your books, your PBS specials, the impact you've had on churches around the world and more. So, so this book for me, this was the beginning of it all. Right. This is the book that I actually received that day when you spoke. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know if just Chris just gave it to me. Can you just spend, you know, several minutes and help people understand like the basics, right, of how to change your brain to change your life before we talk about the pandemic stuff, which is similar but heavier for people? So based on all the scans, that book actually first came out in 1999. So it just had its wow. 21st birthday. And um, it sold about a million copies around the world. It, and, and I love it because, you know, not everybody can come. I have eight clinics now, soon to be nine. And not everybody can come and get a scan. So I really wanted to write, well, what are the big lessons I've yeah. learned from this database? Uh, one, your brain is involved in everything you do. How you think, how you feel, how you act, how you get along with other people. Your brain is the organ of intelligence, character, personality, and most importantly, every single decision you make. Principle number two is when your brain works right, you work right. But when your brain is troubled, for whatever reason, you are much more likely to have trouble in your life. With a healthy brain, people are happier. They're healthier. Why? They make better decisions. They're wealthier. Why? They make better decisions. So they're more successful. When your brain is not healthy, for whatever reason, people are sadder, sicker, poorer, less successful. Um, your brain's the most complicated organ in the universe. It has a hundred billion nerve cells. It uses more oxygen, more calories than any other organ in the body and it's soft. It's about the consistency of soft butter. That's why helmets don't really protect against brain damage. They protect you against skull fractures. Mild traumatic brain injury ruins people's lives. And then I talk about, well, what helps the brain? So brain health is really three things. Brain yeah. envy, you have to care about it. Nobody cares about their brain. Why? Because you can't see it. You can see the wrinkles in your skin or the fat around your belly. And when you're unhappy, you can do something about it. But because most people don't look at the brain, um, they don't know when it's in trouble and they just don't care about it. I guarantee after you saw your first scan, you started caring about your brain. So it's a term I call brain envy. <laughs> when I saw my first scan, 
Um, I'd actually scanned my mom when she was 60. She had a stunningly beautiful brain. And then I scanned myself at 37 and it looked terrible. Why? Because I played football in high school and I had meningitis as a young soldier and I had bad habits. That, and so I wanted her brain. So I call it brain envy. Freud was wrong. He was about two and a half feet too low in the body after being a psychiatrist for 40 years, not seen one case of penis envy. Um, it's just ridiculous. It's you need to really want a better brain. And yes. so brain envy, avoid things that hurt it, know the list and do things that help it. I mean, ultimately that's brain health. And so I talk about, okay, what hurts the brain? What helps the brain? And the big principle, and I just, I tell dozens of stories in Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, that you're not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. And just, you know, you being one of my great cases, um, I can prove it. And with a better brain comes a better life. So I know a lot of people watching right now are, my, my tribe, my community, Daniel, is tougher than most. And yet many of them are dealing with, they're calling clients, they're dealing with friends, they have family members that are struggling. So, so let's talk about it. Like how, how do, like you, you make this statement, like we can stay sane in the middle of a, a pandemic. So talk to us about that. I mean, I know this is your message right now and I think it's so important for my audience. Like I want, and for my friends that are listening, I want you to think about you. I want you to think about your parents. I want you to think about your uncles and aunts, your friends and you know, your friends, your children, because this message is universal for all. He's worked, I mean, the stories of working with his dad or with his nephew, right? So, so what are those sort of key lessons or ingredients of things we need to be doing to make us sane in this environment? So last week I did the whole show with Dr. Phil. And the reason he reached out to me is I started posting mental hygiene is yeah. just as important as washing your hands. We need to disinfect our thoughts and kill the ants that are attacking us. Yeah. So ANT stands for automatic negative thoughts, the thoughts that come into your mind automatically and ruin your day. And the pandemic is providing fuel to all those people who have undisciplined thinking patterns. And yeah. the chronic stress is just devastating their lives when there's a way out of this. And the first thing is getting control, right? You have to have brain healthy habits. But then once we get your brain right, you have to program it, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I call it killing the ants, the automatic negative thoughts that steal your mind. And I came up with this term about 30 years ago when I was in my office and I had a really hard day. I saw four suicidal patients. And those are the ones that make me the most nervous. Uh, four suicidal patients, two couples who hated each other, because I see a lot of couples, and two teenagers who ran away from home. So I had a bad day at work, um, or not a bad day, but a hard day. And when I came home, I had an ant infestation in my house. And as I was cleaning up all these ants, I began 
thinking about ants and then I'm always creating mnemonics in my head. Uh, and I'm like, ants, automatic negative thoughts. My patients are infested. And, and the next day I actually brought a can of Raid to work and I put it on my coffee table and I'm like, I need to teach you how to get rid of the infestation in your head. And ultimately, because I'm also a child psychiatrist, I got this amp puppet. So I'm like, we need to get rid of these. And how do you do that? You do it with an ant eater. So I really spent a lot of time creating um, strategies on how to, how to help people manage their minds. And yes, this is a terribly stressful time. People losing their jobs, they're losing family members. Uh, the market has just gone completely unpredictable, but it's also going to be a time of great opportunity. This yes. is what Alan Greenspan talked about as creative destruction. Uh, the virtual tours of homes is going to skyrocket. And uh, if, if you're flexible, just like you talked about, then you're going to win during this time. And uh, you have to keep your mind telling itself the truth, because I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I'm yeah. just not. Positive yeah. thinking means I can have this whole pint of ice cream, and it's not going to negatively impact my belly and my brain. Um, I want people to tell themselves the truth. Um, John 8.32 in the New Testament, know the truth and the truth will set you free. So here's the exercise. Whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking. And then ask yourself, is it true? Can I absolutely know that this is true? And I have a whole process. Actually, I have a children's book, Let's see if I have it. Someone literally just said, I love Dr. Daniel Amen's uh, children's book, Captain Snout. Thank you, Dr. Amen. There it is. There it is. That Captain was literally Snout. just Diane uh, from Chicago. Thank you. Um, because they should teach you this in the second grade. And second grades, second graders completely can do this. But there's nowhere in school where they teach you not to believe every stupid thing you think, yeah. and it's not a practice you can do once and then be done with it. It's mental hygiene is just like eating right. It's just like exercising where you need to manage your mind all the time, right? I mean, I can't just have a salad for lunch today and expect to lose 30 pounds if I needed to do that. It's no, I need to develop a new way of living, a new way of thinking. And so in the end of mental illness, I have tiny habits, uh, lots of them. What's the smallest thing I can do today that will make the biggest difference? So for example, I start every day with 
today is going to be a great day. Why? Because then my unconscious mind will find why it's going to be a great day. And in the middle of this pandemic, even with my sister has COVID, my mom and dad have COVID, a couple of my employees have it, we had to physically shut down our Manhattan office for a few weeks. Um, there's so much good that's coming. And, and I think many people are gonna agree with me, the bond between parents and children, if the parents are acting right, is gonna skyrocket. And the bond has been strained or broken for two generations now between many parents and children because everybody's just been working at an insane pace. And I just love, I see it happening here in my own house with our 16-year-old daughter and our two nieces live with us. The, the level of connection time is just unlike anything I've experienced my whole parental life, if you will. So today is going to be a great day. I end every day with what went well today. And before I go to bed, I say a prayer, and then I just let my mind focus on what went well today. In the middle of a pandemic, so many things are going well. Um, and then the mother tiny habit, the most important tiny habit, is whenever I go to do something, whenever you go to do something, ask yourself, is it good for your brain or bad for it? And yeah. if you can answer that question with information and love, love of yourself, love of your spouse, love of your children, love of your work, love of your mission in life, you're gonna start doing the right things. Because ultimately brain health is not hard. Brain envy, avoid things that hurt it, do things that help it. Just gotta know the less. And if you can put that mental discipline in your life in a very short time, your brain can be better. Um, and if your brain is better, then your mind is better. Daniel, so I, I'm, I'm watching the, you know, the, first of all, there's a lot of love for you just in the chat. Um, so Zachary Faust asked this question. He said, I love the study of psychology. One of the mental illnesses that has been said to have no cure is the condition of being a, a sociopath. Do you agree with this condition or is there a cure? Um, clearly there are people with antisocial personality disorder. Um, but one of the things I learned, and, and I actually don't, I rarely diagnose someone with a personality disorder because what's the organ of personality? It's your brain. And unfortunately, we've created all these diagnostic categories yeah. without any biological information. And, and that horrifies me because many people who um, would be considered a sociopath have damaged brains. In fact, there's a study out of Vancouver where they looked no, it was actually out of the University of Southern California. They looked at people with antisocial personality disorder and what they found, they had um, two important findings. They had 10% less volume in the prefrontal cortex. Well, that's the most human thoughtful part of the brain. It helps you with things like forethought and judgment, 
impulse control and empathy. So when you think of someone's empathy is broken, sociopath, um, could they have had a head injury when they were young? Could they have fallen out of a tree or had a bad bicycle accident? It damaged their frontal lobes and therefore they can't see another person's feelings. I, I just, I don't know unless I look. Um, do you remember Karnak the Magnificent when Johnny yeah. Carson was on? And Johnny Carson had this turban and he would like, you know, the yeah. question is. Um, and then he'd open the envelope. Well, why would I ever make a diagnosis if somebody with a bad personality disorder like antisocial or borderline? unless I actually knew what was going on in their brain. And that's what I talk about in the end of mental illness. The whole system is insane. Um, and I'm a psychiatrist, I can diagnose insanity, that we are giving people meds, not the kind you were talking about, without ever looking at the organ we're medicating and we can do better. So Daniel, I'm getting, first of all, thank you. And uh, Zachary, thank you for asking that question. I'm getting a lot of questions. Um, so, so if you wanna ask a question, don't put it in the chat, put it into the Q&A section. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Uh, so I got this this question. I'm gonna find it again real faster because I was bouncing around. Uh, do do do. Somebody was asking about PTSD. I want to just see if I can find the exact question and give the person a shout out. Um, Jared, right? Uh, Jared from San Diego is asking. Um, you know, what about what about PTSD? What can someone do to recover from PTSD? Um, so much. In in fact, you should see my Facebook Live from last night. I talked about post-pandemic growth syndrome. Um, about 10% of people who go through a traumatic event will develop PTSD, a lasting impact on the brain in a negative way. Yes, um, yes. Nightmares, flashbacks, feeling like your life is shortened, panic attacks, you begin to avoid anything that reminds you of the situation. 80% um, after a few months will be okay. And then about 10% develop this thing called post-traumatic growth, where their lives are changed for the better because of what happened to them. I have a friend whose daughter was killed uh, by a drug driver and just devastated her life for a year. But now she goes around the country talking to families who've lost uh, young family members. I mean, it's just beautiful what happens. But for people who are in the middle of PTSD, brain healthy habits, so important. And then I really like this treatment. You should write this down called EMDR. Stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And you can learn more about it at a website called EMDRIA, um, internationalassociation.org. 
and it's it's actually very good. When I met my wife, Tana, she actually grew up in a fairly traumatic home uh, with drug addiction and murder. One of her earliest memories is when her uncle was murdered in a drug deal gone wrong. And I, I, I just loved her, love her. And I'm like, well, this will really help you. So one of my first gifts was 10 sessions of EMDR. And I actually think she probably went for 40 sessions. And it was just so helpful to begin to clean out the trauma. And most of us have had traumatic yes. events um, from the past. And it, it was just so helpful. So I'm, I'm literally now just being inundated with the questions. And I know, you know, we were into tiny habits and we got to three of them, but some of these questions I think are just so important. So Daniel, okay, if I ask you a few more questions. I'm all yours. So uh, I won't say this person's name, but I, I know you will appreciate this. My 84-year-old father has been put on antidepressants and talks about suicide. Uh, we live in Walnut Creek up in Northern California. I've been trying to get him to come into your office. The question is, is it too late to help him at this age? Absolutely not. Um, in fact, I've told my children, if I'm 92 and the doctor says, well, he's 92, what do you expect? That I'm writing them out of the will. That there is no, our oldest patient is 105. And when she came to the yeah. clinic, I'm like, why are you here? She said, you said on TV, on one of my public television specials, that it's never too late to have a healthier brain. And 84 is young. Uh, it's like, absolutely, that's not too old. You can have a better brain tomorrow if you do the right things today. And often suicide in the elderly could be an early form of dementia where people, their brain is just struggling so much. And my dad, um, who's 90, um, he, he just started hallucinating one night about, oh goodness, I think about a year ago. He starts, start, and this is a guy, I took him to the emergency room the next day. And I'm like, this isn't a guy with psychiatric problems. This is a guy who gives psychiatric problems because of his personality. He doesn't have them. And uh, actually put him in our hyperbaric chamber. We have a hyperbaric chamber at work because it increases blood flow to the brain. And then like three months later, he's back at work. He's not hallucinating. You know, a lot of psychiatrists would have put him on an antipsychotic. Please don't do that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, do it with a lot of caution and care. But for me, the first thing is, let me look at his brain. Oh, really low in blood flow. It's a problem with aging. You know, as your skin falls off your face, that same process is happening in the brain. But um, we have a clinic in Walnut Creek, and it would be really important to look and then work to optimize the physical functioning of his brain. And then hopefully his mood will be better as well. Daniel, you'll, uh, you'll appreciate this one. Uh, Paul, who is a great client, Rushforth up in Ontario, uh, Canada. He says, I played 10 years of pro hockey and suffered 14 major concussions. My memory is terrible um, because of it. Is there anything 
that can help with my memory loss. You bet. I wrote a whole book called Memory Rescue. Right. Um, I, uh, so, you know, the big lesson, and I learned this in the early 90s, mild traumatic brain injury ruins people's lives. Playing high school hockey or high school football, college is worse. You played pro for 10 years, your brain is not healthy. Um, and then, you know, the big question came out is, does playing football, professional football, cause long-term brain damage? And I think most thoughtful nine-year-olds, when they understand brain is soft, skull is hard, skull has sharp, bony ridges, would understand, well, of course it does. But the NFL was having trouble with the truth. The NHL actually has it worse. And so I scanned, I did the world's first and largest study on active and retired NFL players. I published a study with 100 NFL players um, showing high levels of damage globally. But then I published another study showing 80% of our players get better when we put them on a brain healthy habit. And I also talk about this in the end of mental illness, there's a whole chapter on head trauma and how, how do you repair brain trauma? Um, what's well, the same way you actually keep your brain healthy. So if you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it, if it's headed to the dark place, you have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. And we know what they are. The mnemonic is called bright minds. Okay. I was going to ask you to do this. So, but I want you to do it a little bit slower so everybody can write this down. Cause this is, you shared this with me before, and this is just the easiest way. Cause I'm getting the question. What should I eat? What should I not eat? We're getting a lot of those questions right now, and I know it's going to be covered here. So sorry for interrupting. Fire away. So if you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it, if it's headed to the dark place, think professional hockey for 10 years, you have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors. And I created this mnemonic called Bright Minds. So for example, B is blood flow. Low blood flow, what I just talked about with my dad, had really low blood flow. Um, and for each of these, you have to avoid things that promote this risk factor and do things to um, help ameliorate it. So low blood flow, hypertension, caffeine, nicotine, all lower blood flow to the brain, not exercising, having any form of heart disease. And my dad has uh, atrial fibrillation and can go into heart failure if he's not really paying attention to his diet. You wanna help blood flow to your brain? Hyperbaric oxygen really is helpful. But um, ginkgo, the supplement ginkgo, eating beets, um, oregano, rosemary, cayenne pepper, none of this is hard. And then exercise, so I love for you, the meds, the E is yeah. exercise, which is the universal treatment to enhance brain function. Um, the R is retirement and aging. When you stop learning, your brain starts dying. That's why, Tom, your work is such a great service to your community, because you're always helping them learn new things. Um, the I is inflammation. It's rampant in our society. Um, and it comes from processed food, diets, so getting your diet right. So you asked about diet, think of a plate, 70% of it should be plant-based foods, 30% high quality protein, 
And then in that mix in a lot of healthy fat, low fat diets are bad for the brain because 60% of your brain, the solid weight of your brain is fat. And people um, go, oh, high cholesterol is bad. So, so many people are taking statins. What they don't know is low cholesterol is just as bad. Total cholesterol under 160 is associated with homicide, suicide, depression, and death from all causes. And so eggs are not bad for you. You know, for most people, unless you're allergic to them, they're really good. Um, other things to quell inflammation, omega-3 fatty acids. And I did a study basically showing 95% of the population is low in omega-3 fatty acids. So taking fish oil or eating more healthy fish is really important. Um, just quickly, G is genetics, but get genetics wrong. I, I have the genes that say I should be obese. I have a 67% chance of being obese, but I'm not. Why? Because I don't give in to the behaviors, making it likely to be so. So if you're saying you're diabetic because it's in your family, you're diabetic type two, likely because you had bad habits. And uh, um, Daniel, James I have to I have to share with you really fast. My nutritionist who helps uh, who's helped my wife through cancer, uh, Pam Jacobson, who's going to be with us next week. She says genetics is a gun but you have to pull the trigger. Absolutely you're, true. Per, you're a perfect example of this. So I'm just, I wanted to throw that out because she's next Friday, guys. So Daniel, sorry, keep going. So H is head trauma. Um, we talked about that. Brain is soft, skull is hard. It's a major cause of mental health problems. Protect your head. So don't get up on a ladder unless you're sure you're going to be okay. And stop texting while you're driving because you're more likely to get killed. Um, T is toxins. And early on, the imaging work taught me that alcohol is not a health food. Marijuana is not going green. They're both directly toxic to brain function. And, um, but there are a lot of other toxins. So like heavy metal, I don't put aluminum under my arms every day because aluminum is a known neurotoxin. Um, did you know 60% of the lipstick sold in the United States has lead in it. I call it the kiss of death. Um, so you have to be careful with cosmetics and personal products. And then general anesthesia. Um, it's just something I learned by accident about 20 years ago that some people after general anesthesia, it damages their brain, especially true with any heart surgeries. And so, I mean, sometimes you just have to have surgery but it means you have to be repairing your brain after, afterwards. Um, the M is mental health issues, ADD, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, PTSD, all of them can put great strain and stress on your brain. I, so relevant now, is immunity and infections. That infections, and COVID-19 is no different, can attack your brain. In about 30% of cases, people lose their sense of smell and taste. That means it's attacking your brain. My dad, I'm having a hard time getting him to eat because nothing tastes good. Um, and my mom's an awesome cook, so I know it's not the food. 
Um, the N is neurohormone deficiencies. You and I talked about that is if your testosterone or your thyroid or your DHEA yeah. is low, they're like miracle grow for your brain. Your brain won't work right. D is diabetes, where your blood sugar is high or you're overweight. I'm about to publish my third study. There is a linear correlation between as your weight goes up, the function of your brain goes down. And we now know both diabetes and obesity is a major risk factor for COVID death. Um, why is the United States being hit so hard in this pandemic? 72% of us are overweight, 40% of us are obese, 50% of us are either diabetic or pre-diabetic, 60% of us are, have hypertension or pre-hypertension. That, in my mind, is one of the big explanations for why we're having a much harder time fighting this than, say, Germany, for example. Um, and then the S is sleep. If you're not sleeping right, then your brain won't work right because when you sleep, your brain cleans and washes itself. And if you, if, if you don't have good sleep habits, you will never have good thinking habits. So Daniel, I, first of all, thank you. Cause people, you know, people are saying, tell, tell me more about what I should be doing. And that was a whole list of do's and don'ts. I got a couple of questions here that I thought were, um, important. So one person asked, hey, when you say marijuana, do you mean the plant in general, right? I'm assuming they're meaning smoking it. What about all the CBD products we see on the market? You know, what's your thoughts on CBD? It's the wild west, and I'm very unhappy about it. It's unregulated. There are, it's, it's the biggest growth industry in the supplement industry with very little study. And people go, oh, but it doesn't have psychoactive effects. That's complete nonsense because people are taking it to sleep. They're taking it for pain. They're taking it for anxiety. And they go, oh, there's no side effects. We actually don't know that. And uh, I'm just concerned. There's so many other ways to deal with pain. Um, so I have pain in my knees because I told you I played football and I take Sammy um methionine it's a supplement that helps with pain and mood i take curcumins uh, because it decreases inflammation and omega-3 fatty acids and so doing those things i have no pain especially if i'm sort of staying away from gluten dairy and sugar then i really feel great so i don't need cbd for that but we've unleashed it with no regulation and it it concerns me me too me too and i go i go right along not to open up pandora's box but vaping i think is the the next wave of something that's just completely unregulated and and the the unintended consequences are going to be devastating for people thoughts there especially for young people um yeah. they're addicted to it and the <clears throat> in the end of mental illness I have a writing device I'm very fond of. In fact, I even created a card game. Um, and I, I write, if I was an evil ruler and I wanted to increase the incidence of mental illness in America, what would I do? 
and uh, vaping is one of the strategies. It's an evil ruler strategy. And yeah. then I would create companies like Juul that have bubblegum flavor uh, vaping devices because you know they're directly marketing to children. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, I'm not even gonna comment because I'll just get angry just thinking about it. All right, so uh, foods to avoid. Foods to avoid, and then and then someone asked earlier, and I'm just trying to find the question again. Foods to avoid, and then hey, I and I think it was I and my son both have uh, ADHD. Like, are we just stuck with this, or is there something we can do about it? Maybe talk about that one first, and then let's talk food. So ADD is real and can really negatively impact someone's life if you don't get it treated. Um, so what I learned early on from imaging, it's not one thing. And I wrote a book that sold about a half a million copies called Healing ADD, where I talk about seven different types of ADD. So know what type you have. Medications like Adderall and Ritalin help two of the types, I mean, miraculously, but they make five of them worse. And so know your type. And then, you know, I'm always thinking to myself, first do no harm. So what are the sort of universal natural treatments for ADD? Exercise, um, a high protein, low, simple carbohydrate diet. What's a simple carbohydrate? Think sugar, but then also foods that quickly turn to sugar, bread, pasta, potatoes, and rice. So don't make those the staple for you. Um, EPA fish oil can be really helpful. And then you have to know your iron level because low iron, we measure it with a blood test called ferritin, low ferritin levels, much higher incidence of anxiety, but also trouble focusing. And then make sure you don't have sleep apnea. If so, if you snore at night or you stop breathing at night, Sleep apnea really dramatically increases the incidence of ADD. And you're like, but kids don't snore. It's like, no, a lot of kids do snore. And if your child snores, you need to have them see the ENT to make sure they don't have sleep apnea that you're trying to medicate with Ritalin. So Daniel, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned sleep and I wanted to talk about this. So I'm getting a lot of people saying, you know, what about, you know, Ambien, uh, and then others that are just saying, you know, I just have, I have, I have anxiety and I've just never been able to sleep. I'm not a good sleeper. And they've heard me tell the story from you about, actually we did it on a podcast about seven hours of good rest is when your brain actually detoxifies itself. So any advice for the people out there that are struggling to get a good night of sleep, maybe now more than ever because of the environment we're in, what recommendations do you have? So there's a whole chapter on sleep in the end of mental illness. And basically what you wanna do is avoid things that hurt sleep and do things that help sleep. So mm -hmm. what hurts sleep? So anxiety and worry. So getting good mental habits will help you so much. Plus I'm a huge fan of the right music for um, lowering anxiety and um, hypnosis and meditation. I actually have an app called Brain Fit Life where we have music, meditations, hypnosis, audios, and our most popular 
ever, Hypnosis Audio is the one I do to help people sleep. It's just learning how to redirect your mind in a way that helps you rather than hurts you. Don't take your phone to bed after dark. Stop looking at things like your laptop or your phone that puts blue light into your brain because it turns off the production of melatonin. Um, some people actually wear blue light blockers, glasses, after dark just so they can get their work done. Um, and I'm not a fan of Ambien. Like I'm not a fan of Xanax or Valium or Ativan. Why? Because once you start it, these meds are insidious. They change your brain to need them in order for you to function properly. And anything like that, I'm, I'm not good with. Because, uh, you know, it basically is an addiction. You can't stop without going through withdrawal. Uh, I'm a fan. So if you need supplements, I'm a fan of magnesium, melatonin, um, 5-HTP. I mean, there's a whole list that I talk about um, in the book. And in the end of mental illness, there's a whole chapter called Mind Medicines versus nutraceuticals. We actually talk about the science because a lot of your family doctor will go, oh, there's no science behind supplements. And whenever I hear that, my question to them is, do you read? Because if you actually look in that one chapter alone, there are 286 scientific references. Yeah. Um, so for example, saffron, one of my favorite supplements, head to head, against antidepressants. There's 20 randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trials showing them to be equally effective. So Daniel, um, I got this all over the place. Hey, what was the name of the app again? I wrote down, was it Brain Fit Life? Brain Fit Life. If they go to mybrainfitlife.com, they can get, it's just wonderful. Um, you can actually test your brain with a you remember Web Neuro, the sophisticated computerized neuropsych test you did? All over with the test. Yeah, of course. So you can get Web Neuro that measures 17 areas of cognitive function. Oh, um, you get no. how to kill the ants exercise. You get the hypnosis audios, uh, the music. We actually have three albums on there and 200 recipes. So I'm just really excited about Brain Fit Life. We're always working on making it better. Thank you for that. That's, you know, I, I think I remember you mentioning that, but I haven't got that yet. So I'm going to get that today. That sounds like a fun, uh, especially for, for my kid. That's a good, like, all right, everybody download this and let's all answer the questions, right? Let's all do the test. Cause for all that are, that are watching, cause this, this is coming up a bunch and we got to be mindful of the time. It's nine 55. Daniel, if they want to, if they want to reach, you're getting a lot of people that are asking, um, you know, questions about how do we get more information? Uh, what's the best way to find you? You know, someone just said, Hey, I just signed up on his newsletter on Facebook. Uh, what's the main website where they can find where all your facilities are? Because you guys are all over the place. Amenclinics.com. So amen, like the last word in a prayer, clinics.com. So, uh, so let's, do, let's do one last question that I'd love just sort of closing thoughts from you here. Um, and I'm, I'm searching because there's just so many questions. Yes, for a lot of people, episode 583 with Dr. Amen and the Tom Ferry episode. Yeah, it was super good. We covered a lot of ground. So let me just see, because I saw one more on here. We covered food. We covered sleep. Um, a lot of people are asking very specific questions 
um, you know, about uh, bipolar diagnosis. Uh, you know, people are talking about uh, ADD, which we covered, low, low iron, um, dyslexia. I mean, I'm getting so many of those types of questions that is there, is there a place where they can go? I mean, obviously, my friends, like buy this book today. Is this available on audio also? It is. Okay, so I would strongly recommend everybody buys this book today and maybe, maybe thinking about what's going on in the world today, um, I would say buy like five. I'd buy five, one for you, and then I would send four to past clients, to like somebody had asked earlier, and I think it's, a, it's an important question. Maybe we'll end with that one is, um, how can we help all the people that are on the front lines, the nurses, the doctors, um, because the, the way the person was framing the question was, I'm concerned they're all going to have some version of PTSD coming out of this. Um, no question. There's a lot of anxiety and fear. So the number one way you can help them is by staying home and not spreading the virus. You yeah. are doing yeah. your part by doing that and then really thanking them. And it's not just the healthcare workers, it's the grocery store clerks, it's yeah. the UPS and Amazon drivers. I mean, they're really out. So doing your part by not spreading the virus, but yeah. Yeah. also by keeping yourself healthy so we don't overwhelm them. And then we just have to show them love. I've been working with the Newport Beach Police Department actually for the last six months creating a brain healthy Newport Beach Police Department because I just love our first responders. Yeah. And so the more, so if you know a healthcare worker, getting them a copy of the end of mental illness or change your brain, change your life would just be a wonderful gift. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So Daniel, um, any, any, I mean, that was very much a, a poignant moment there. Any closing thoughts, any just, if there was just one thing they all have to change to get a better, healthier brain, what's just one thing that everybody could do today? Those little tiny habits, you know, do yeah. all three of them. They'll take all of three minutes when you right. wake up today is going to be a great day. Yeah. Um, as you go through your day, is this good for my brain or bad for it? And if you love yourself, you're gonna choose good. And when you go to bed tonight, what went well yeah. today? Yes, 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 yes. My friend, you are always so powerful and we could probably just based on the question, spend about nine hours together because you know people wanna go deep with you. Um, if you're not following him on social, strongly recommend it both on Facebook and Instagram. It is something that I turn to. You probably, if you, you follow me on Instagram, you see how often I'm sharing stories from Daniel Amen on my page to just keep exposing people to his work. So my friend, I, I wish you nothing but uh, the best. I'm praying for your parents. Um, I just, you know, I got a lot of faith there. Your wife's amazing. Her books are amazing. Your books are amazing. Um, I don't know what to say other than just thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for just being you and doing the work you're doing. Well, thanks, Tom. Thanks for helping me share this. Uh, love to you and all in your family. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. So look, we'll see you today at one o'clock Pacific Standard Time, four o'clock in the East for this week in housing. Uh, God bless you guys. Love you. If I don't see you this afternoon, make sure you check out that show this weekend. And we'll see you on Monday for Pivot All Around Marketing with Jason Pantana. Take care, everybody. See you soon. 
If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.